0: Right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Come on, let's make some noise today, man. If you're glad to be in the house, come on, let's honor Jesus. Come on, all across this place. Come on, let's make some noise for him for just a minute. Come on. This is great to have everybody here. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor, and it's a privilege to have all of you in the house. Thanks so much for being here in Florence. Can we welcome our Lawrenceburg Faith Church family? Come on, it's good to have you guys as well. Welcome. And to all of our guests and VIP, everybody watching online, man, we're glad that you're tuning in. We just want to say welcome. We said every week that we believe that Jesus, come on, he's the hope of the world. So wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, we just want to encourage you, man, to take time to lean into him. Invite him into your journey. Invite him into your situation. It'll be the greatest decision that you've ever made. But well, hey, listen, we are in week number three of a series that we started at the beginning of this month for the month of November. It's entitled no Come on, everybody, say November. Come on, you got to hit those first two letters. Come on, say it with me. No, Fember. What we're talking about are things that probably we need to learn to say no to in our life. That ultimately, what we know is true is that the things we say yes and no to every day, sometimes we do it verbally, decisions we make, things we decide to do or don't do, but more times than not, saying yes and no is kind of this subconscious thing. We just make quick, fast choices every day to do certain things, to not do certain things. The things we're saying yes and no to ultimately are determining the direction and the momentum of our life, that where you are and where you're headed has a lot to do with what you're saying yes and no to. And so what we're doing through this series is we're highlighting some very specific things that I think God wants us to say no to. Week one, we talked about saying no to our rights and yes to our responsibilities. Last week, we talked about this big idea of saying no to condemnation. That God doesn't want you. That we all make mistakes. We all fall short. And God doesn't want you in those seasons to run from him, but to run to him. And that ultimately we understand that because of what Jesus did on the cross, that we are accepted in God, that he's our father and we're we're his children. Let's go people. And God wants us to say no to condemnation. Today, as we lean into week three, here's what we want to say no, is we need to learn to say no to self. No to self. Now, Right away, obviously, none of these messages probably start off very popular, saying no to our rights, saying no to self seems very contrary, but saying no to self, here's here's kind of the big idea. I think all of us, we know this is true, is probably some of the biggest regrets that we have in life or some of the biggest current obstacles that we're experiencing life is because we have failed to say no to self. Let me tell you what I mean when I say that. I mean, think about some of the decisions that you have made that have come back to bite you or hurt you or that you regret. You know, maybe you're a high school student. You were in high school or you are in in high school, and, man, you just wanted to be accepted. You wanted to fit in. You wanted to get that person's attention, so you sent the picture, right? You knew you should, not you knew you should have said no, but you said yes anyways, and now you regret that decision. Or some of you, you went to spring break, like, and you said, once I get there, I won't do that, I won't cross that line, and you crossed the line, and you found out that what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas, what happens at the beach doesn't stay at the beach, and right now you have this memory, you have this thing that kind of is haunting you, because at the moment, you didn't say no to self, you kind of just went with it, you rolled with the punches, you went with the feeling. Or maybe some of you are here, maybe this is you, or you know somebody like this, that Right in the work environment, this other person started showing you some attention that maybe your spouse wasn't showing you, and it felt right, it felt good. You didn't think it would cross the line, so you didn't say no to it, and next thing you know, it crossed the line, and now maybe you've lost a marriage or your marriage is in a tough place because in the moment, you should have said no, but you couldn't say no. Come on, by say no to self. No to self shows up all over the place. It, again, we know we should say no, but we struggle to say no. Saying no to self in our physical health. Is it just me? Does, do donuts only talk to me? Right? We know we shouldn't eat it, but like we know we should We should say no, but we, we say yes and we regret it, And right? There's these things, again, these desires, these feelings that we have, we should say no to, but we don't. Has anybody else actually got dressed, drove to the gym, sat in the parking lot, didn't go in and still went back home? I haven't either. <laughs> Saying no to self in our financial health, Right, we know we shouldn't use the credit card again. We know we should save more money. We know we shouldn't buy that, but like we want it, it's, you know, it'll never be on sale again. Come on, everybody, say no to self. Like we have to learn to say no to self. Again, when we don't say no to self, it just sets up these obstacles or creates these regrets in our life that all of us struggle with. And the funny thing is, as we talk about saying no to self, there's something about it where we know we should, but at the same time, it, it feels weird. To realize we need to say no to self. At the same time, it's so quick to recognize in other people, for example, kids, it's so easy as adults to recognize that kids need to learn to say no to self. Yep. Isn't it? I mean, think about young kids. Man, little kids are sometimes so selfish, and we can see they're being selfish. They want the toy for themselves instead of their brother, or their sister, or their friend. And it's so easy for us to look at them and say, hey, you need to say no to self. We may not use those words, but Or a kid, you know, a terrible toddler, two-year-old throwing a tantrum because he wants what he wants when he wants it. Or kids that don't want to eat their green beans, they want to eat the ice cream. Come on. And it's so easy to recognize that little kids need to learn how to say no to self. In fact, as parents, we recognize it's part of our responsibility to help them to understand sometimes you have to say no to what you want when you want it because that's part of growing up. That's part of maturity. Did you know the same way as a little kid needs to learn to say no to self as part of their development, as part of their physical and emotional maturity, did you know that part of our spiritual maturity is learning to say no to self? Yeah. Right. Everybody say no. Nope. saying no to self. Ultimately, you find this message littered throughout the entire New Testament. In fact, the apostle Paul, he said it this way. He said, he said I, I learned to bring my body under subjection like an athlete. Yeah. I learned to train like an athlete that, that my body will do what it's supposed to do. Now, what he was saying was, my body always doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Sometimes I have to say no to it. I got to bring it under subjection. The apostle Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said this. He said, part of my spiritual journey, he said, I have to, we have to nail our Our ungodly or our fleshly desires and passions to the cross Paul and Peter said it this way Paul and Peter said it this way they said that we need to we need to die to ourselves Jesus said we need to deny ourselves so again this message of saying no to self is all the way through the New Testament it's a part of our spiritual journey it's a part of the process of being a follower of Jesus and again, ultimately what God's word is saying to all of us, and, and we kind of know this, even if you're not a person of faith, but when you become a person of faith, you start to recognize it more that ultimately we shouldn't indulge every urge. Yeah. Like we shouldn't just give in to whatever we feel like. We, again, we kind of know that, but just because we feel it doesn't mean we should do it. Some of the desires that you and I, that we have, Lawrenceburg that you have, some of our desires are decent and some of them are destructive right? Some of the passions we have are profitable, but some of them are problematic. Right. So there's things that we want to do. There's urges we have. There's, there's passions we have. There's desires we have. And let's be honest, sometimes trying to figure out, is that going to help me or is that going to hurt me? Is that going to get me closer to where I want to be or pull me further back? Like sometimes it's really obvious. We know there's a big red light. Like, no, don't do that. And then sometimes it's not so clear. In fact, a lot of us in this room, let's be honest, anybody here ever made some bad decisions? Wave at me. Anybody know it was a bad decision when you made it? Wave at me. Anybody here ever made a bad decision and you didn't realize it was a bad decision until you, after you made the decision? So here's what I want you to hear is, again, learning to say no to self is part of this maturing process, part of our faith journey. In fact, discerning desires is a key component of Christianity. Is that right or is that wrong? Should I do that? Should I not do that? Learning to say no to self. Now, there's a lot of things that God's given us to help us to navigate discerning those desires, whether they're good or bad, right or wrong. God's given us his word, right? If you want to know what God's will is for your life, God's word is his will. God's will is his word. So when you read the Bible, we start to figure out what God wants, what God doesn't want for us. Another thing that God uses to help us to discern our desires, what we should say no to, what we, say, what we should say yes to, one of the things that God uses is the Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody, anybody here thankful that the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you, helping to navigate this life of uncertainty? Yeah. Another thing that God uses is the voice of friends. Come on, you, sometimes you need a good friend to look at you and say, like, that's just stupid. You shouldn't do that. Come on, if you don't have a friend calling you out on some dumb decisions, you're hanging out with the wrong friends. If your friends co-sign all of your decisions, you got some bad friends. Some friends just need to look at you and be like, no, mm-mm, don't do that. But what I want to talk about today is we lean into this big idea of saying no to self. Come on, everybody say no to self. Come on, Second Service. Y'all are quiet in this place. Lawrenceburg, everybody make some noise. Everybody shout no to self. No to self. I want to give you, as we lean into this conversation, probably one of the easiest ways to navigate saying no to self, and it's just right here, the best way to say no to self is to say yes to serving. All right. okay. And the reason I say this is because that's exactly what Jesus did. Philippians 2, Paul says that Jesus, ultimately, man, he left his place in glory at the right hand of the Father. And he came and he said no to self. And he submitted himself to serving the will of the Father. Not just serving the will of the Father, but ultimately he became, he became a sacrifice on the cross. Come on. He did that. He said no to self. He ultimately taught us that, that serving is the way to get ahead in life. That he came and he served. And if he came and he served, then we as his followers, we should be people that we should serve. That if he said no to self, we should say no to self. In fact, I want you to hear what specifically Jesus said. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and verse 35, Lawrenceburg and Florence. I want us to read this together, online audience. Come on, let's say these words out loud together. Every voice, come on, don't leave me hanging. Then calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. I want you to notice what he's saying. He's saying, listen, again, part of this process of being a Christ follower, he says, is learning to say no to self. The words that he uses, is he says, you need to lay down your life. Sometimes you got to say no to your desires, no to your passions, no to your cravings. And pick up your cross. The cross was a symbol of death. you got to die to some of, your, some of your own passions. you got to let some things go that you're hanging on to and some things that you're living in. And he says this, and you have to follow me, which means in, in the line, you're not at the head of the line anymore. You're following somebody. You're taking somebody else's lead, which is saying no to self. Right. And then he says these words. He says, in fact, if you don't say no to self, you're going to think you're really getting life and you're losing life. But if you really want to get life, you've got to learn to say no to self. And by saying no to what you want and yes to what I want, that's where you really find life. And he says these are the final words. And here's, I want to lean in a little further. He says, you're not just saying yes to me. He's saying yes for the sake of the good news. Yes for the gospel. And this is what I want to talk about today. If, if, if you're with me so far, you can take this with you and apply it to your life. But I want to just get very narrow in today's message. And I just want to tell you, man, I, I've wrestled with today's message for several weeks. I'm just going to tell you my goal today. Here's my goal. Are you ready? My goal today is to take all of my preaching persuasive abilities for everybody here in Florence and everybody in Lawrenceburg and even those watching online. And my goal is to convince you in this current climate of a pandemic to get off the bench and get back in the game. Yeah. In this season, we've had, and I, and I'm just, I want y'all just to just don't get offended yet. If I say everything and you get offended, that's your choice, but I'll just hear this is I understand that we are living in a current cultural crisis. There is no doubt there's a pandemic. I've had COVID. My wife's had COVID. One of my, my son has had COVID. Lots of people here at Faith Church have had COVID. I know it's a real issue. I know it's cost people real lives. I know some of you have lost loved ones. We, my family, we have not lost in our family. but We've lost friends. So I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's a real sickness that costs a real price. And back in March of this year, like many other churches across this nation, we called off in-person services. At that time, we were running on a Sunday about 3,000 people. Now we've come back in the building and about 30% of the people have come back to the building. And I get it because some people, you have a compromised immune system or you got really young kids or you're older in life and You feel unsafe, and I want you to hear me. If you fall in those categories and you're still at home, you're still trying to safeguard yourself, then this message, I don't want you to feel any condemnation from this message. But as we tried to get back to normal, we've opened the doors back up. Now we're running about 35 40%, somewhere in there every week. I want you to know people are coming back to the building, but a lot of people are still sitting at home. Like, you've gotten back to normal everywhere else, and this is for you. If you're in the building, if you've gotten back to normal in a large part of your life, like I'm anybody else, but I'm going to restaurants and I can't get a seat. I'm going to games and I can't find a parking spot, which means all the rest of life, everybody's getting back to normal except on Sunday mornings because people, man, listen, I get it. Come on, wait, wait, wait. I get it. It's easy to wake up, grab a cup of coffee, and you ain't got to fool with your kids getting ready to church and just sit in front of a TV screen. But I think everybody would agree there's nothing like, well, I'm glad you can watch it online and we're glad you're joining us online. There's nothing like being in person in God's house, hanging out with God's people. And so my goal today is this. If you are getting back to normal in other areas of your life, it's time to get back to normal, serving in God's house, getting off the bench and getting in the game, which means if in this past season, you said, Pat, and people have, we just need a break. We need to take a timeout. We need to get a breather. Timeout is over. Time to get back in the game. If you've not been serving, it's time to get in the game. Wherever you are, because as we're getting back, what we're finding is a lot of our teams are not getting back. And as long as these doors are open, we're going to be the kind of church that's going to reach people, love people. And we're, for the sake of the good news, why we're here is so people who are hopeless and hurting can find Jesus. Come on, somebody. We are living in incredibly dark and discouraging times. Everybody knows it. And I believe because I say it every week that Jesus is the hope of the world. And so we're going to be the kind of church that we are staffed and manned and we are ready to go. My challenge in my situation is this. Right now, there are uh, pastors dropping out of ministry by the boatloads. Unprecedented numbers of churches are closing. Unprecedented numbers of pastors are tapping out because we're in a season we don't know what to do. Pastors are committing suicide at an unprecedented rate because they're trying to navigate this season. I want you to know I'm good. I love this season because I know God is still in charge. God still has a plan and God still knows what he's going to do. My job is this. My job is this, is we're going to make sure we're planning well and we're strategizing well. Planning well, which means this, we're going to do what we've always done, as good as we've always done it, as long as doors are open and we can meet in person, we're going to do it with excellence and we're going to do it for the glory of God and we're going to do it for people's eternity. But if there comes a time we can't meet in person, we are strategizing how do we still reach people, love people, and disciple people if we can't be in a building. So what I'm telling you is, I already know we may shut back down again. My wrestle with this message was God help me not to sound tone deaf. So if you're watching this and you're like, Pastor, things are spiking and you're telling us get back to church? No, what I'm telling you is if you're getting back to everything else, get back to church. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And if you're going to get back to church, don't just come and sit in a seat. Get off your rear and get in the game. Woo. Now you can be offended. Right. <laughs> are you all with me? Come on. I know it's not popular, but come on. Now, as we lean into this message, I want you to hear God's heart on the very topic that we're talking about today. Because again, it's for the sake of the gospel. We're going to say no to self for the sake of the gospel. I know it's easy to sleep in. I know it's easy to watch online. I know it's easy to sit in a seat. But I'm going to say no to what I want. I want to say yes for His sake and for the sake of the gospel. That's why we're doing Faith Loves. We do it every year. What we're doing is we're going to take these little cards and we're going to buy somebody else's meal because I can keep my money for me. That's what I want to do. But I'm going to serve somebody else because faith loves, because Jesus loves. I'm gonna going to take some time this week, and I'm going to write someone a note, put a little card, faith loves, because faith loves because Jesus loves. Come on, it's about saying no to self. Let's go. So check this out. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 6. There's a pretty powerful story that we can lean into, and I think get some takeaways from. Mark chapter 6, verse 31 to 38 is a story of Jesus. If you've been in, in church for a while, or you know your Bible uh, at all, maybe you've heard this story in Sunday school. It's a story where Jesus feeds 5,000 men, ultimately about 20,000 people. It's a miracle. Now, here's a a setup you need to get before we lean into this story. Is before this story takes place that Jesus performs a miracle and feeds a multitude. Is something tragic has just happened in the life of Jesus. See, if you know about Jesus, maybe you've been in church long enough or maybe you've been around. If not, that's okay. That's my job to explain it to you. Is Jesus had several people that were pretty close to him in life, and one of the people that were really close to Jesus was this guy by the name of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was a preacher like Jesus. In fact, he kind of he started his ministry first. In his job, his ministry, like his voice, the whole purpose was to get the hearts of people ready for the message of Jesus. And so, this guy, John the Baptist, was really important to Jesus, not just because of his message, but because of his relationship. Because maybe you already know this John the Baptist was cousins of Jesus. It was like one of his besties, one of his homeboys, one of his close friends. Jesus didn't have a lot of them, but he had John the Baptist. And just before the story we're about to read takes place, something happened to John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist wasn't afraid to speak out about the immorality in culture, especially what was happening on a political level. And so John the Baptist spoke out to some immorality that was happening in the area of this guy by the name of King Herod. And Herod didn't like that John the Baptist spoke out, so he had John the Baptist arrested. And just before the story we're about to takes place, John the Baptist is beheaded. He's, he's murdered. And that news gets back to Jesus. And so the same way if one of your best friends, if one of your family members lost their lives, like you would carry that weight and you would grieve. And and Jesus feels this, man, he's hurt, he's broken, he's carrying this grief. And in the middle of just feeling overwhelmed in the emotion of the moment, these crowds are following and demanding that he do a miracle. And Jesus just needs to get away. And that's where the story picks up. Verse 31. said, Then Jesus said, Hey, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He's like, I just, I just need a breather. I need a break. I'm just overwhelmed in this moment. A lot like what's happening right now in our night. Like people just need to, they, we just need a break. We need to tap out. Some of you took a break from serving because you just felt overwhelmed. And I, and I get it because Jesus gets it. And he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Like, there were so many people scrambling to get to Jesus that he was so overwhelmed with grief, he just, he just needed a break. He was so busy ministering to people, like, he didn't even have time to eat. His disciples were hungry, so Jesus is like, yo, time out. Let's get away, and, and let's figure this thing out. Because here's what we all know is true, right? Is that, is that people's, people's expectation of us is independent of our personal experience. What I'm telling you is just because you had a bad day, people don't care you have a bad day if you got a business, right? If you got a business, it doesn't matter you had a bad day, people still show up to your business and they want you to give excellent service. Let me make it real. Anybody here ever go to a restaurant and get really crappy service? Can you say crappy in church? I already said it too late. <laughs> really bad service. Anybody ever get really bad service? Nobody's ever like, well, we just need to give the waiter or waitress like, they probably haven't. No, we're like, give me my food. I need a menu. Can a brother get some silverware? Please. Is anybody with me? Like, we go to the doctor's office. Anybody have a doctor's appointment? You have your appointment at 1.30, and it's like 1.31. You're like, what are they doing back there? Don't they know I got places to be? I am somebody. 1.32, this is ridiculous. I'm never coming back here again. Come on, just wave at me. Lawrence Burr. anybody here ever felt that way at a restaurant or a doctor's office? Now, let me just give you a different perspective. I was at a restaurant a couple years ago with some, with some friends of mine, and we like the waitress came out early, took her order, but like she just disappeared, ghosted us. We, the one glass we got was empty, the food never showed up, and we're, what we do like all of you have done, we started griping and complaining, where is she at, what is she doing, because our expectations don't matter about her experience, right? We're just like, what's going on? Well, after a while, this other waiter showed up and told us, hey, man, we're really sorry for the bad service. Your waitress was in the back, dropped some dishes, went to pick them up, cut herself, we were trying to take care of her. It's a bad cut. She had to go to the hospital. At the meantime, we're like, wah, wah, wah. You're like, we're like sinking down in our seat because we were complaining. Come on, y'all. All of a sudden, my perspective of what she was going through affected me. Have you ever realized that maybe the reason the doctor isn't on time for your 1.30 appointment is because the person that was there before you, he had to tell them and the family member they had cancer and they're broken in their office and he's trying to help them and trying to encourage them and love them. And so they didn't get to you for your cut because they're worried about someone else's cancer. What I'm telling you is here's Jesus in this incredibly challenging moment. He is overwhelmed with grief, but it didn't matter. The people didn't care. All they were focused on was their personal need. The reason that matters is I get it. There's COVID. I get it. We're in a crisis. I get it. Politics are upside down. It doesn't matter. This world is hurting and broken. And when they show up here, they're still expecting, uh, they're still expecting a parking spot. They're still expecting a greeter to wave at them and smile at them. They're still expecting somebody to show them around. Hey, like, where's the bathroom? How do I get to the worship center they still want their caffeine let's go somebody they still want somebody to help them find a seat they want inspiring worship and a relevant message and just because we might be down in the nursery might be missing a guitar player and had a bad week and an usher has a toothache our personal experience doesn't change their expectation and we're going to be the people of God doing what God's called us to do we're going to say no to self and love every person that comes to those doors let's go somebody But if we're like, I need a time out, I got to take a break, I'm tired, I get it, I get it, I hear you, and some of you can't say yes right now, and don't allow this message, don't allow me to condemn you into saying yes, but if the Holy Spirit convicts you to a yes, then say no to self, and yes to Jesus. For the sake of the good news. My concern is, as long as these doors are open, and I get it. Here's the crazy thing. We might have to shut back down soon. But as long as we're open, we're going to be faith church open. And if we have to shut back down, we're going to do everything we can at the right time, the right season, to be prepared when we open our door. When people come, we're going to love them and take care of them, faith church style. Because if people show up here, and here's the crazy thing. Every week, what's going on in this COVID, even though our overall attendance is down, every week we have guests. Every week Lawrenceburg, we have guests. Every week here in Florence, we have guests. And here's what I know, and here's my concern, is if we are undermanned, understaffed, underprepared, inattentive, distracted, and discouraged, the people that come with their needs the same way they went to Jesus, if they don't have their needs met, here's my concern, is at best they'll go to another church. Which I'm okay with. Go to a church. If you don't want to come to faith, go to a church. But here's what I found out is a lot of people looking for churches come to faith church first, and they never go anywhere else because they love it here. Come on, that's something to be proud of. So my concern is they'll go to another church at best. My bigger concern is they'll go nowhere at worst. And so what do we do in this season? Let's check out what Jesus did. Watch this. Verse 32 and verse 33. Come on, everybody say no to self. Say no to self. So they left by boat. Here's Jesus and his disciples trying to get away. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone, but many people recognize them, like, that's Jesus. This multitude's like, hey, that's the disciples. And so they get in a boat to cut across the sea, and these people are so crazy to get to Jesus, they run around the edge of the sea, and they beat Jesus to the shore. And they saw them leaving, and the people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Here's what I know. Watch this. Is The Bible says that this story says that they recognize Jesus. Here's what we all know is true is that hurting people are attracted to helping people. That's right. When you know somebody can help you, that's the people you... When you're in trouble, you don't call people that you know you can't count on. And we know who you are. <laughs> Come on, we all got the friend... If I. Right now, hopefully you have somebody like this. I have a couple people. If I'm in trouble, I know I can call them. I know they'll answer the phone, and I know they'll do, they'll do anything they have to do, spend anything they have to have to get me out of jail. Yeah. Oh, I got that worked out just in case. <laughs> you never know. But come on. Some of us, we got some friends. We love them. They're, they're a laugh to hang out with, but if we're in trouble, we ain't calling them because they probably ain't going to answer the phone anyways. These people are running after Jesus because they recognize, if anybody can help me, it's them. Here's what I want you to hear today is, Do you know that the church of Jesus, not our church, the global church, that we have gotten a reputation, and our church, Patriot, we have gotten a reputation that we can help hurting people, and in this season of COVID, I don't want us to lose the reputation that as God sends people here, we're undermanned, understaffed, underprepared, and discouraged because we're all going through something. I want to make sure we maintain the reputation that we are helping people, and we can help hurting people, and if you show up here, we will love you, we will encourage you, and we'll do all we can for the sake of the gospel. Come on, everybody. shout no to self. No to self. So watch how this story keeps unfolding. Watch this. Verse 34, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. I want you to watch the shift in the story. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. I don't know if you caught it, but it was right here in this moment that Jesus said no to self. Right? Do you remember how the story started? Even Jesus like, was overwhelmed, and, and he felt the weight of grief. And he, he said no to the crowd. He said, I got to get, get some me time. I got to get some alone time. I got to take some time, and I got to get some space to deal with my grief. And when he got off the boat and he saw this crowd, he's like, I can't keep saying no to me. Or I can't keep saying no to them. I got to say no to self. And what I'm telling all of us in this room, Lawrenceburg, what I'm telling all of you in the Lawrenceburg campus is that this hurting mob of a crowd called culture In the breakout of a global pandemic, in the upside-down world of the political chaos, there is broken, hurting, discouraged people. And I believe with all of my heart, I say it every week, that Jesus is the hope of the world. And we have to get our eyes off of ourselves and get our eyes on the crowd. we got to have compassion for the crowd. And if you have compassion for the crowd, you'll say no to self and you'll get in the game. Jesus got off the boat and he started loving people, praying for people, and speaking truth. And he does this all day long. Remember they were already tired and hungry? They keep doing it, man. They keep just loving people. Verse 35, and late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him, watch this, and said, this is a remote place and it's getting late. Like they're out in, they're out like in a, in a wilderness area. They're, this mob has followed Jesus and remember, they started off hungry. There's nothing to eat. There's, there's nowhere around. Like, there's no McDonald's. There's no Burger King. The Bible says they were in a remote place, and, they've been, and the sun's going down. So it's getting dark. They're in the middle of nowhere. This place was so bad, it didn't even have a Dollar General. Like, that's how you know it's bad when there's no Dollar General around. They don't have anything to eat. And so they come to Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, what do we do? This, this crowd has followed us so long. It's now getting dark. We're in the middle of nowhere. What do we do? I think this describes exactly where we are as a culture. They were in a difficult place in a difficult season. As a nation, as a culture, we right now are in a very difficult place in a very difficult season. And we have one of two ways that we can respond. And I want you to notice how the disciples respond because the disciples, the disciples saw the problem. Jesus saw the people. The problem was there's a bunch of hungry, people here, and there's no way to feed them. How do we help them? We need to go home. And Jesus, all he saw was they were hurting people. I, I, all, all I know, Matthew, Mark, all I know is we got to help these people. Like I'm tired too. I'm hungry too, but all I know is there are masses of people that are hurting and broken and discouraged and tired and sick, and we are the ones that have the answer. Faith Church, I know you're tired. I know you got stuff going on. I know know some of you are at risk, and if you're at risk, you're immune compromised, like stay at home. Listen, don't allow me to pressure you back to an unhealthy place, but if you are normal everywhere else, listen, it's time to get back in the game, and we need to pay attention to the hurting people around us. Let's go for the sake of the good news we got to say no to self. So notice the, the response of the disciples, verse 36. Send the crowds away so they can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. They're like, Jesus, here's our solution. They Tell them they got to go home. Tell them, tell them this. This is what I tell people when they come to my house and you stay too late. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Come on, you might know what I'm talking about. You might got that friend that don't know when to go home? I got a couple. You know who you are. <laughs> They're like, Jesus, like, and we're tired, we're hungry. Like, send the crowd away. Can I be honest? Everybody, listen, listen. My passion to reach people sometimes creates problems for me. Can I just be honest? I could do one service in my sleep. For me, just to be a pastor, and there's nothing wrong with small churches. It takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. We're not better because we're bigger. Don't anybody hear me say that? I'm telling you, if all I had was 50 people, the average church size in America is 73 people. If I had 73 people to take care of, I could do this blindfolded because I've been doing it a long time. But to have a passion to reach people where more people keep coming and more people keep coming and you got to add seats and add services and add campuses and add staff, which adds budget, which adds problem, it takes us. We're in the middle of our budget process. It takes about six weeks to budget $4 million. How do we spend $4 million? We're taking care of missions, taking care of staff, taking care of facilities. If, if I had a $75,000 budget, which is about the average church of 75 people, at some point I could just say, just tell them all to go away. But I can't. Because we live in a culture of hurting, broken, discouraged, lost people. And God, if you'll just keep sending them. I don't don't know how. Come on, church. I don't know how we're going to do it. But I'm, I'm committed if you're committed. I'm in it if you're in it. God, if you'll keep sending them, we'll keep loving them. We'll keep taking care of them. We'll keep parking their cars. And we'll keep holding their babies. And we'll keep teaching their kids. And we'll keep connecting them online. And we'll keep giving them a great experience and inspiring worship and a relevant message that they can come in and find the hope in Jesus that we find. Come on, anybody ever find hope in Jesus that you hope some other people find? And so the the answer of the disciples was, Jesus, sent them away. I don't want to send them away. As long as our doors are open and we are meeting in person, we're going to do all we can to get out of the seat and get in the game and love them to the best of our ability to say no to self. And yes, to the sake of the gospel. Send them away so they can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. And then Jesus says this, watch this. Here's a turn, another shift in the story. But Jesus said, no, uh-uh, you feed them. With what, they ask? We have to work for months to even earn enough money to buy all these people food. Jesus looks at them and says, okay, you're hu- they're hungry. Your solution is send them away. Here's my solution is I want you to feed them. They're like this. Like they got like an old, <laughs> they got like a half-chewed cough drop in one pocket, <laughs> like a stick of gum in one pocket. Like Jesus, how do we feed 20,000 people? What can we do to feed all these people? Do you know why? Come on. Because some of you right now, you're feeling the weight of this mess. It's like, okay, pastor, you're telling us, like, we need to help these hurting people, and we need to do something for, like, what can I do? I get it. I know you feel ill-equipped. The problem is the disciples saw the desert, and they should have saw Jesus. Yeah. See, right now, we look around. All we see is the problem. We see this huge global pandemic where people are dying. People are discouraged. The economy is struggling, right? All these things are happening. And we're like, what do I do? Do you know that with Jesus doing something through you, what you can do is unlimited? With God, all things are possible. Did you know God can use you to do something incredible and impossible in somebody's life? Did you know God can use you for the sake of the gospel to bring hope to hurting people? Did you know God can use us to transform our culture and community? Did you know who God called us to be, that we can be the hope in a dying world, that we can be the light? Come on, Did Jesus said this. Jesus says, so let your light shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven. Which means how you live can be a light to those who are lost. Come on, somebody. I'm up here preaching. Y'all got to help if we say no to self. So, man, Jesus, just, just send them away. No, Jesus says, hey, you feed them. And then he asked this question. In the middle of them feeling now ill-equipped, what do we do in the middle of this crazy culture? Jesus asked him this question. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. And they came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. So I don't know if you know Genesis 1. This is where it all started. Genesis is called the book of beginnings. All of this started in Genesis. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke all of creation into existence. Out of nothing, the Latin is ex nihilo, out of nothing, God did all this. Which tells me God don't need me to do something. He obviously can do greater things without me. So why in the world would he look at these disciples and say, because he already knew he could do something. Why did he look at them and say, you feed them? And even if he was going to use them, he didn't need them to have anything because we already found out in Genesis 1, he can do all this with Nothing. So why do you think he decided to look at his disciples and say, just give me something to work with? Here's why. Because why he can do it without you, he would rather do it with you because we are in this partnership with God that we get to be a part of what he's doing on planet Earth. He don't have to use us. We get to be used. So if you're like, man, pastor telling me I got to do something. No, I'm telling you, you get to do something. It's It's a mind change. You don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. You don't have to serve. You get to serve. You don't have to love people. You get to love people. You don't have to tell people about Jesus. You get to tell people about Jesus. It's a mind change. It's, what I, it's a privilege. So Jesus looks at him and says, just give me something to work with. In this, in this gospel story here, in Mark, Mark tells us that someone comes back and gives him five loaves and two fish, five little rolls and two anchovies. John tells us where the lunch came from. It's a little kid's lunch. I want y'all just to hear this there's this mob that's hurting and, and they just need some help and, and they heard that Jesus can help them and they don't care that he's hurting they don't care that he's grieving all they know is they got problems and they need a solution so day wears on man Jesus is more and more exhausted and tired They're hungry, and so he's like, hey, man, we got to do something with these disciples. And the disciples are like, hey, man, just get rid of them. Just send them away. We don't need anybody coming to our church. Like, let's just take care of us, us four, no more. She's like, no, we got to help them. Someone help me. Someone get me something to work with. Here's the story. These disciples moved through the crowd and found one kid, one kid. And we already told you, man, kids are are the ones that sometimes don't figure out they need to say no. But this little kid said yes. He said no to self. I'm going to help Jesus. He said, Jesus, I I don't have a lot, but... I'll give you what I have. I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what you can do with like five little rolls and a couple anchovies, but Jesus, if you can use it, you can have it. And Jesus took this little kid's meaningless lunch. What, what can it do to feed 20,000 people? It can do everything in the hands of Jesus. And you might be hearing me like, I don't really know much and I can't really do much. And Pastor, you're telling me we're the hope of the world and I don't really even know. Like, I just even started coming to church. I don't really know much. I can't really help much. But I'm just telling you, if you'll give Jesus what you have, you'll be shocked what he can do with it because it's not about who you are and what you have. It's about who he is and what he can do through what you have. Come on. And the greatest way to get out of your pain is to make it about other people. The greatest way through this, where we are right now, is to quit putting attention on our problems, our issues. I know we got them. But what I'm telling you is, when you learn to love other people, it will take you to another level let's go somebody that's our call in this season as the church of jesus is to quit making it about us and make it about somebody else come on is anybody here ready to give up what you got and allow jesus to use it let's go somebody verse 44 and here's how the story closes. this little kid gives a little bit that he has jesus takes it breaks it blesses it it multiplies And 20,000 people get fed with enough Thanksgiving leftovers for turkey sandwiches for like a week. It's in the story. Read it. Verse 44, a total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Here's what I want you to hear today. Is that surrendered lives have unlimited potential. But you got to quit saying yes to all you want. If you'll say no to self and yes to him for his sake and for the sake of the good news, sake of the gospel. Faith Church can get back to being the church, that as long as our doors are open, as long as God's sending guests, we're going to take care of them. We're going to love them. We're going to do the very best we can to make sure they're in the best environment to meet the best Savior ever. And his name is Jesus. How many people's on board for something like that? Come on. I'm glad you raised your hands. So we don't do this anymore. This is when I first got here. This is how we started staffing all of our serve teams. But for today, here's what's happened is as people have stepped out, people have not come back yet and some people have taken breaks, all of our serve teams are woefully understaffed and now those who are still serving are getting stretched beyond imagination and so I'm asking if this is your church, if you're visiting, thanks for coming. If you're watching online, man, we're so glad you're here. If you're in Lawrenceburg and you call Lawrenceburg home, then this is for you. Faith Church, if this is your home, this is for you. I'm asking everybody here who calls Faith Church home, I'm asking you to get off the bench and get in the game. Here's what we're asking you to do. I'm asking in the seat back in front of you, there's one of these cards. Everybody grab one. Come on, everybody grab one. Everybody reach down and grab one. Everybody reach down and grab one. Just act like you're reaching down. and makes me feel better. Just do that. I won't know you didn't grab one. Just do that. I'm asking everybody here to fill out this card. If you're not comfortable touching cardboard, there's a digital option. I promise that was not as facetious as it sounded. I promise. You all made it that way when you started laughing. I wasn't going to laugh. Hold on, i got to gather myself. <laughs> Come on, Lawrenceburg, I want you grab these cards. Here's what we're asking you to do. Is because we want to be the church that's ready, that's prepared, and you're in your position and you're saying no to self, I'm asking everybody that calls Faith Church home to find a place to serve. We have far more than this, but here's what we need to staff immediately. Our guest services, if you're willing to serve, which if you've got an outgoing personality, like you love people, this is for you. Our guest services is our parking team. Everybody do this, do this. Now put a, now smile to it. Come on, smile. If you can do that, you can park a car. That's all you gotta do, smile at people and be up right here. So we just got 20 people to the parking team, I love it. Guest services, parking team, greeters, ushers, uh, our, our caffeine, come on, everybody here loves some caffeine? We got the free caffeine and the expensive caffeine. Um, VIP services, all that. That's guest services. You're a people person and you're not serving right now. You took a break. You want to get back in the game? Check that box. Um, Production, that's all of our cameras, all of our online experience, sound. You got to be a little technical. If you know a little bit, we can help you know all you need. So don't be intimidated. Mark the box. Worship. Now, I'm just going to be honest. Just because mama said you can sing don't mean you can sing. If you can really sing, Or you, and this, we don't give drum lessons, but if you can really play an instrument, we can help you get better. Pastor Chris and his team would love for you to get off the bench and get in the game. We have two campuses. We've not really said a lot, but our goal is we were looking at the end of next year, now it'll probably be the beginning of 2022. We're going to launch a campus in Muscle Shoals. We need to staff that campus. Let's go, somebody. (laughs) Kids, we have hundreds and hundreds of kids that show up every week. You don't even have to like kids to work with kids, we would prefer it. (laughs) <laughs> this is going so not the way I planned it What I'm saying is There's some that actually teach kids and hold kids We just need somebody to be at the desk And check parents in You don't have to touch a kid Just check them in, help them get in uh, So kids, we're going to work with kids Youth, our youth We have uh, JHM Junior High on Sunday mornings Wednesday nights We're still having 150 kids come out on a Wednesday night If you love teenagers, love kids, Pastor Cody in Lawrenceburg, Pastor Ryan here uh, in Florence, come on, just say how I'm willing. You say, I don't know how to help. Check the box, we will get you. Now, FYI, real quick, if you're working with anybody under 18, we do background checks. Just because you said you want to work with them doesn't mean we'll let you work and we safeguard our kids. But we'll help you get ready. The last thing is uh, security. We have a great security team here. I don't know if you know, but we're living in a crazy culture. At any time, someone could walk in one of our churches and target us. I want you to know right now, you can feel incredibly safe, because we have incredibly gifted people underneath the leadership of Matt Holt that's prepared and ready for some crazy stuff. But we need some help. I know we're long today. But I, I, I don't want to show up and be a cheerleader for bench-setters. I want to show up and be a coach for people who are in the game. I have people ready to get in the game you got to say no to self. So two options today. If this is home, fill out a card, is what I would ask you to do. Just check a box. Someone will contact you this week, and over the next several weeks, we will help you get where you need to be. We just won't put you in something. And number two, you might be saying, Pastor, it looks like we're going to shut down again. We may, but we need to do whatever we need to do now, so when we reopen, because we will, we're prepared. So if you're not comfortable checking a box, the second option, if you're watching at home, you can do this is you can just text on your smart device, on your phone, text serve S-E-R-V-E, F-C, to 9, 97,000, and it'll give you the digital option. I want to pray for you. Father, again, part of our journey is learning to say no to self. And that's so much bigger than this message today. It's, it's through our whole life, learning to take our desires and our, our passions and to surrender them to you. And so Lord, I pray that for every person watching, every person in Lawrenceburg, every person here, every person online, God, help us us to discern those desires. But Father, when it comes down to who you've called us to be at Faith Church and what you've called us to do, Lord, it's so easy sometimes to pull in and panic, but I pray in Jesus' name, God, you will help us today as a church to say no to self. Help us to realize you have a calling on us and you can use us to do great things in this culture and in this community. So Father, I pray today that we'll say yes to serving and say no to self. In Jesus' name, and everybody who greets that, amen. If you'll check a box on your way out, you can drop it in a bucket. You can grab some faith love cards, and I'll see you guys next week, man. Love y'all.